In Matthew 4:19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. My name is Beth Laurie. I'm your host, and I have a new friend with me today, Brian Russell. Hi, Brian. Hey, Beth. Thanks so much for the chance to be here with you and everybody that's listening to us. Yes, Brian has been on our podcast before. Mark interviewed him a while back. You can find that um, episode if you go back in uh, the history of your podcast. Um, But Brian is the professor um, of biblical studies at Asbury Theological Seminary. He's also a coach for pastors and spiritually-minded professionals. He's an author of several books, Invitation, a Bible study to begin with, Aligning with God, and his new book, 2021, Centering Prayer, which I just finished, and it was fabulous. Um, He's the host of Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. He is a husband, a father, a disciple maker, and joining me from Orlando, Florida. We're just glad to be with Brian today. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So, Brian, I... um, so I, I, I knew you through several other people, uh, and I was really glad that we got a chance to connect and uh, got to listen to your other podcast and um, even the one that you do, which is really uh, insightful. Um, but when someone told me about you, they said uh, as their professor, one of the things that they remembered you saying in class was that um, I think you were encouraging the students, but you said as Christians, we should have the best parties in the entire neighborhood. <laughs> And that just caught my attention. And I thought, ooh, we should talk with Brian about that. So tell us, what do you mean by the best parties in the neighborhood? Yeah, it's so, it's so fun. And I want to give credit to one of my own mentors who kind of put that idea in my head. Those who know me and a lot of students even think this is my quotation. But one of the, the lines that I try to say in every class that I teach is the gospel comes to us on its way to someone else. Mm. And that's from a good friend of mine, Alex McManus. And he's the one that even put in my head this idea about becoming the best party throwers. Uh, and essentially, you know, the, 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 the point of that is, is when we think about becoming a church that engages our communities, we sometimes make it hard. And so, you know, most churches have like a missions committee or an evangelism committee. And, you know, and that's, that's okay. But that, that gives us this false idea that there's just certain people that have the gift of evangelism or the gift of missions. And, you know, perhaps some people are a little better at that, but, but here's the key thing, which is behind that idea. Um, sharing our faith isn't a gift that we get from God. Sharing our faith needs to be a value that all of us have as followers of Jesus Christ, because it's a natural part of being a Christian. Again, some of us are shy, some of us are extroverted, and you know those kind of things come in. But you know, one of the things that all of us can do is just realize the friendships that we have around us, uh, and you know, like becoming the best party throwers. That just means you know you should cook hamburgers or something in the backyard. And invite your neighbors over and simply get to know them. And this and the and here's the key thing: it can't be a fake. I'm only inviting you to my house because I want to tell you about Jesus. Uh, it's there's a balance because obviously, if you never share your faith, it gets harder and harder to because like you only wait five years after you meet somebody, right? So it's got to kind of come up naturally. Uh, but you also want to recognize that even if a person, like say your neighbors, aren't interested, it may just mean they're not interested yet. 
And so you don't just like check them off the list and don't invite them the next time to the barbecue. I just think it's great to get people together because we're human beings. And, it, you know, in our world, you know, we have all these polarizing pieces, you know, red, blue, uh, we go by colors, economics, all, all kinds of things. When in fact, if you want to find the common denominator of every person, whether it's a Christian or non-Christians is, is we're all humans, it, mm. it, which is, you know, sounds completely obvious, but that's what we forget. So we make everything really complicated. So learn to invite people into your life Not to be a crazy party, but it should, you know, a party, just invite people over uh, and love them and give the gift of hospitality. And if, you know, if you want to make an easy way to kind of open things up to a bigger conversation, you know, maybe throw a party with a cause behind it. Like, you know, Hey, you know, it's Christmas time, you know, you know we're going to let's, let's, let's get together as neighbors. And why don't we all donate a little bit like, and you maybe have like a um, donate to the Salvation Army, donate to a homeless shelter. And so give it a little cost to the party, because I what I really think, you know, we believe, you know, as Wesleyans, we believe in provenient grace. And so when a person opens themselves up a little bit to what God's trying to do in the world, I believe they're getting a step closer to getting to know Jesus. And so if we can even get our neighbors who maybe not have any faith at all, and they donate something to something really profoundly good, that's moving their hearts. That's opening themselves up just a little bit to grace. And that's, you know, that's our role. Um, and so I can stop there, but that's, that's the idea. It's just to make sharing our faith natural and not this gift that only some people have. And in some churches, we just think it's the pastor's job to try to convert <laughs> to convert people. And I know as a super introverted pastor, it's like, I'm not naturally gifted at things, but you know what I can do? I can invite my neighbors over for dinner and uh, just love them. I just love this so much because it's fun. It's just yeah. fellowship and getting together. And like you said, you can still want to when the time is right and the Holy Spirit allows in a natural way to share who Jesus is to you and, and yeah. the provenient grace that that you can trust. But it also is just so relational and in a in a season of life where we're just starved of fellowship and people are living in such isolation. Christians are having fun. I, I love this. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, absolutely. And I mean, and you can do the same thing at work, right? I mean, I was at a church preaching a couple of weeks ago and they were slightly embarrassed. I was meeting with the elders in the church. This is a just a, a like an independent church that has an elders board for how it organizes. And they're looking for a new pastor. And then I just noticed that almost everybody on the elders board was worked for a really large engineering firm in the space industry. And they were kind of embarrassed. And I'm like, why would you be embarrassed? That means you're actually having influence in your workplace. And so, you know, you don't have to, you know, walk across town or go somewhere else to be on mission for Jesus. Open your eyes to where you work. And, you know, and like one of my other mentors, I'm just a product of my mentors, Beth, and everybody. I've just had wonderful people in my life, but a guy named Bob Tuttle who taught at Asbury for a long time, a wonderful, still alive. He's like, I think he's 80 or 81 now, but he always just says, show up, pay attention. God has way more invested in this than you do. Mm. And if you can just hold that space wherever you are and let God's love flow through you, it's it, uh, evangelism doesn't, isn't scary anymore. You just, you're just loving people. Right. 
That term evangelism, I think, is so misunderstood um, yeah. in our present day culture. But it is. It's just it's just being willing to to share what is important to you. But not I mean, the, the word convert, it's not that we're trying to push something right on somebody, but you're just, hey, this is this is where my joy comes from. This is where my life revolves around. And I'm just sharing it because that's who I am. Um, wow. How, how I love that. And I. I, I I love the word mentor, um, but it is discipleship still too, right? That's uh, these people that have been mentored you. They've discipled you. They've poured into you. Of which, um, yeah, yeah, that would be the Christian word for it for sure. I just, uh, <laughs> I, it's so funny. I'm so deep inside the the Christian system that I don't even think about that. But yeah, these these are the folks that uh, discipled me and taught me the way of Jesus um, by by how they walked and lived themselves, right? So it's. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I could just go on. I was just making a list in my journal of all the people that have um, mentored me in the way of Jesus all the way back from my Sunday school teachers and my little tiny math. I know you, that Pisgah's a really big Methodist church. I just grew up a little tiny kind of normal sized Methodist church up in Ohio. And I, I can still remember my Sunday school teachers from when I was in kindergarten, which was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, just, that is good encouragement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about, is about being willing to just share what you know about Jesus with someone else so naturally. And you can see those people in your life. And uh, we can also be those people in someone else's life. Um, and it, it is, it's, it's natural. So thank you um, for reminding us of that, that uh, we can just be ourselves um, in that. So I'm really just digging this idea of having great parties because yeah. Sometimes in a, in our discipleship model, we can be busy looking for, I'm looking for someone who's serious, who's ready to go deep, who's, and I'm going to pour into them, right? And we sort of exclude all the people who that provenient grace hasn't happened to yet, right? Like they haven't, been, the Lord hasn't drawn them into that place of of depth yet. And so the the parties is a great way to build relationships, as you said, uh, make it a warm place of fellowship and and fun. So you hit on this a little bit because I really like the Salvation Army or some sort of purpose. I think people do like purpose. Um, but are there any sort of things you should or should not include um, if you were having a party or if you were thinking about being that neighbor who just invited all kinds of people over? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about in terms of not include. I, I mean, I think you should just include, um, you know, make sure you inter- make sure everybody gets if, if the neighbors don't know each other in our world where, you know, we have these houses that could be on top of each other. You don't even know the folks. So make sure you maybe in- include some times for introduction. So find some way to let people introduce themselves. Again, I'm, I'm not picturing you have like a block party. I mean, you, though you could do that if you <laughs> had the capacity and you had the energy to do that. But I'm usually thinking of kind of smaller things. So, let, you know, I would include some intentional questions to, to get people to know uh, one another, you know, maybe include if you're going to do it for some kind of a cause, you don't have to make a big pitch, but you know, like this would be the real subtle way to invite people to something more. You, know, you can just talk about, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're donating uh, to this. Let me tell you why I'm passionate about it. And it doesn't have to be a, a conversion speech or a gospel message. You can just talk about, I want to live for something bigger than myself. And I just want you to know there's other people that um, are interested in these things as well. If you'd like to know more, I'd be happy to have a conversation. But, you know, I'm just super grateful for you. And I'm hoping to hear your story today. See, it can be really subtle. So you want to be intentional 
and have a plan. You know, I wouldn't pull out, you know, the four spiritual laws or, or however you want to do that, and, but just let it be natural and let it flow. Cause the most important thing, I um, mean, this, this will sound kind of odd. So uh, I've, I'm going to ask everybody's forgiveness in advance for saying this, but when you get pulled in, to church um, long-term. And I'm, I'm a person that's been in I mean, long-term. My parents start taking me when I was five and I'm 52, right? It's uh, sometimes we forget how to act <laughs> around non-Christian people. So in a sense, again, this is the part people got for me. We have to learn how to act normal <laughs> and, and, and we have to drop some of our vocabulary that other people might not understand. Like, um, you know, like even when I talk about, if I know that somebody really isn't at all Christian in any way, which is more and more parts of our culture. Now you literally can grow up and you don't even like I had a, you know, I had a family, we had a, um, had their daughter over, um, to spend the night when my kids were little. And I remember I'd asked the parents if it was okay. It was like a Saturday to Sunday. It's like, Hey, we're going to go to church. Is that okay? And of course the parents knew what church was though. They didn't go themselves. And so the little girl is so funny, but this is such a great lesson. We've getting ready for church and we're, you know, we're getting ready. She goes, isn't it kind of early to go to church? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? She goes, aren't we getting chicken for lunch? She thought it was church's fried chicken. That's, that's what the whole thing was in her mind. And I'll never forget that. And I was like, Whoa. Here's a upper middle class kid whose parents are both very successful, who have no, who think associate church with a fast food restaurant. And so there's so many of our little phrases that we naturally say in church, and these aren't bad. It's part of the enculturation. But when you go outward, you have to remember that you have to, you have to love the people around you enough that they don't have to become like you in order to hear the gospel from you. You become more like them in the sense, like Paul says, I become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. That doesn't mean do things that are outside your ethical system at all. But what that means is, you know, you got to learn to sort of think like people do use some of the same vocabulary and find connection points on the outside so that you can be like Jesus, right? When Jesus called fishermen, he didn't say, Hey, come follow me and I'll teach you how to be accountants uh, of men. Um, he said, I will teach fishermen to be fishers of men. So you got to find ways to connect the gospel with the people that you're trying to serve, not making them become something else as the precondition from hearing the gospel from you. And that, um, so hopefully that can be helpful for everyone. So in a sense, we got to be normal in the sense we got to love other people enough to engage them on their turf, not on ours. Right. I think that is critical. And I really appreciate you bringing that up because we can get into our little, you said the longer you've been in church, you just, you use a different language, uh, your connections with people are I mean, it's like a holy huddle. It's God and and us, yeah, and we're all yeah. together, and we get each other. Um, but that's not that's not even like to stay that way. It's not biblical, right? It, it we do have to go into the world and be with others and love them as image bearers of of Christ, right? They're his. They're God's children, and so we got to be relatable. We've got to be. Um, warm and caring and uh, finding that common ground, finding those things that allow us to um, be a light for Jesus. So we are, we're different in a sense. We're not trying to, like you said, just become 
you know, exactly like them, but we also are an understandable. We have um, connecting points and compassions. And I think most people really want to do that. I really hear that when I talk to people within the church. They want so much to do that, but it feels like it's becoming foreign. So I think what you're saying is this intentionality, like find some conversation topics, find some things that um, would allow you to be connectable um, and uh, carry on good conversations that people could um, just enjoy each other, right? Because it, it, you're just building a relationship to start with. You're not, you know, if we go in with an agenda that I know something more than you, it's going to fall apart. <laughs> but if you go in with, I just love people, then that will show. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's even things like you can ask questions that are kind of interesting. Like I'm a, I'm a coach. And so I find coaching questions to be really powerful for other people because, you know, you know as soon as a person feels like you have an agenda and, and you're trying to get them to say something else, you can lose a person. But if you ask questions that helps another person to imagine a bigger and better future for themselves, and let's, and let's just be frank, if the gospel is true, there's no bigger, better future than what the gospel actually offers somebody. So sometimes it's interesting just to invite somebody to say like, you know, um, what fuels you right now to allow you to be your best self in the world and just hear what people say and you'll hear, you know, maybe talk about different things. Then you can talk, they like, well, what about you? And then, you know, you still, it's not, that's not the point to go all in and like just run through a whole gospel presentation, but you can talk, you know, I, I just really feel, um, a deep spiritual connection. And so I love reading. You could say, I find hope in the Bible and just make it real subtle, not like a turnoff, but you've let them talk first and you're not trying to correct. You're just sharing yours and you may learn something from them. Like maybe they find some food that's really energy giving and things like that. So you want to be super interested in the other person and invite them to try to imagine their future. You know, you can even say something like, um, you know, if, you know, if we don't have another party till next year, uh, and, and we don't even talk to each other. Let's say you come back to the party. Like what would have to happen over this next year for you to feel super satisfied and happy with your growth as a person? Just see what they say. Because again, you're trying to, you see the difference versus you're, you're making it about them. And then you're just trying to see, you know, hopefully they'll ask you the same thing. And then you can talk a little about yourself, but it's not, it's, it's right. a real conversation. It's not a canned, um, like a telemarketer that has something every time you say something, they just have, they go to plan B and plan C. It's just a natural conversation. I think that's the type of faith sharing that all of us are capable of doing. And you said something else, I, you know, I love that you talked about seeing everybody as an image bearer, you know, in advance of any of these parties, a really powerful practice. Again, I live in Florida, so this is probably a little easier because it's always the weather's always pretty nice. But I love going for walks in my neighborhood, and I don't wear headphones. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to anything. I I just am, and I just walk around. I just try to observe everything. I try to talk to my neighbors if they're there. You know, say hello because people don't even say hello to each other very much. At least, and maybe that's not true in Georgia. I don't know, but in Orlando, it's hard to even sometimes get people to look at you. But I. I always try to, I always say, I want to be an ambassador of abundance to every single person that I meet each day. So, you know, maybe I'll comment on somebody's dog, just be friendly. I want to be like, I want to be known as a friendly guy in the neighborhood. And then when you and also imagine, and this is where it gets more interesting, kind of do it like, it's like a prayer walk, but your eyes are open. I just kind of look at stuff and I try to imagine how many people every single house in my neighborhood will ultimately affect by the way that they live. Uh, it, and so in other words, like imagine like every person 
you can go out like a, a hundred years and just think of all of the souls that could be touched by each of these people and think what would it and then just send love to the house that they can find um, the ultimate truth that we know in, in Jesus and then imagine all the people that they can influence. I just find that really inspiring and powerful to see every person, even grumpy people that you run into as a, a person that could literally influence a thousand other people. Oh, that's great. Um, I do something very similar. So I'm liking what you're saying because I think I might have to adapt mine. Um, but I also go on neighborhood walk and I will try to be friendly with people and make stuff. And um, and I don't know people's name all the time yet. I, I'm still meeting neighbors as well. Um, but some of them, you know, I've they've said hi off and on for years, even though we've never had um, some deep conversations. But I've told myself to get excited, like to say to God, look, here comes my neighbor, you know, the one that you love so much, like to get excited about this person of who they are because they're God's child and to almost have that same love that he would have for them just because he created them, right? And I like what you're saying because then to take it even further in this is this is a person who is a soul and will affect other people's lives. Oh, that's that's really good that I appreciate you encouraging that. And I appreciate you encouraging um us just to ask questions. I do think people like to talk about deep things. I hear people get exhausted with right small talk. So they like it when someone sort of asks something that's a little bit different or deeper or shows interest in them, I think they respond very well. So it's not like you're probing them, right, to find out all their beliefs, but you're just asking them and admiring. I even hear that in your words, just to admire what you can about what they um, are sharing with you and and wait for the time that you might be able to share something of yourself with them, of, of just yeah. who God is to you. No, that's right. I mean, there's that old saying, if you want to be uh, – interesting be interested and and that's so it's and and you know that's the and and then the other thing is you know most people in a sense walk around in trances you're like hey how you doing i'm doing great and then that's kind of the conversation so if you can come up with any other statement it it cuts through what they think you're going to say because we all have these little almost trance like phrases that we use so if you think come up with an interesting question a person actually hears what you said, and and that opens them up, and and it's it's really interesting. Oh yes, it does. Well, I think um, as disciples of Jesus, we sort of have these you know three spheres, right? We have our relationship with the Lord, we have our relationship with the body of Christ, other believers, uh, those within our our small groups, um, and then we have this relationship with the world, with uh, unbelievers, or with those who may not. Um, be unchurched or whatever. So I wanted to bring up your book, Centering Prayer, of which I so enjoyed, Brian. Um, and I would love to talk about how just anything with Centering Prayer and how it even can encourage us in all of those areas. It is, it is an up relationship with the Lord, Centering Prayer is, all prayer is, but it also does affect the outward as well. What do you think? No, absolutely. And I mean, the key with all all contemplation, even the most contemplative people like, um, you know, like Thomas Merton, who's written a lot of books on um, deep um, contemplative prayer, um, or, you know, a lot of folks might know Richard Rohr's uh, work, and everybody always agrees with everything he says, but but it's interesting, his, um, his organization is called the Center for Con- Contemplation and Outreach. And that's just, and, and that's the key thing. It's um, 
deep experiences with God allow us to see ourselves as God sees us ultimately. That's not the goal. The goal is to be with God, but God illuminates us. And you just realize your own everything, all the junk in your own life is part of this interaction. And you realize how much God loves you for who you are. And when you have that kind of experience with God, it it really just cracks you open because, and then you can turn and look at other people um, and just flat out love other people even more profoundly. You become present. You're not continually just weighted down with your own junk. And so the irony of deep connection with God is perhaps for the first time, you're actually truly available to other people. So I think these things go hand in hand. I think the most profound thing you can do before (laughs) you do evangelism is make sure you're deeply rooted. And there's different ways. Obviously, centering prayer has tremendously helped me. You know, that writing that book was just um, such a blessing. And it was a real, even a, a kind of a healing process for me. I put a lot of myself in there and just openly talk about some of my own struggles and some of the most difficult things I've gone through. But um, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I love people way more um, since I've been doing this practice than I did before. And, you know, and students that know me, like you, you know, you, some of the folks you're talking about that you've already mentioned, um, they knew me before I was ever doing that and all the stuff right in the book even happened. And I was already, you know, I was walking the path, but I, I'm changed and, um, and I'm a, I, I, and I'm still just as motivated and passionate about things as I've always been, but I now exist for others because I know that the the whole purpose, and actually that's not wrong, the wrong way to say it. I've always been on a mission for others, but at some level, I just feel a much deeper connection to my fellow souls on the planet than I did previously. And I recognize that, you know, the whole point of the mission isn't the mission. It's getting people connected to Jesus, you know, and we say that, but sometimes we make it a thing, but mission is always people and deep spiritual formation um, makes it impossible to ever forget that crucial piece that a mission is a who, not a what. Oh, yes. Amen to that. That's really good. Um, and I just want to give, I know we, we, we're talking about uh, loving our neighbors here and having the best parties, but I just want to do uh, say how much I really did enjoy your book. Um, I've read several books on Centering Prayer, and I've practiced it on and off, but I really like the way yours, it kept it simple, and um, but it also got to some really good whys in there. Anyways, I have been, since since reading your book um, just a month ago, I've been practicing it um, more faithful. And I know what you mean by that love of the Lord. Like in that type of prayer, I will just, I mean, tears just rolling down my cheeks from the love of God. And it does illuminate into the lives of others. So, yeah, I just have to <laughs> say thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for telling me that, too. I, I love hearing how it's affected because it was, it was honestly... Um, I, I can't say it was scary because I know everything that I put in the book and how as much of myself I put in there. And I'm just grateful that it's come across the way that I really hoped it would be, but I released it because I, I was hundred percent good doing everything that I've done. And I'm just so grateful. And, you know, and it is funny, it's, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. You can read people trying to get into theoretical stuff, which is interesting at some level. And it really is. And I've read a lot of those books, but Centering Prayer is super simple, but at the same time, you just have to do it. And, you know, and so it's, it's simple, it's simple to do. 
but it's not necessarily easy <laughs> to practice. Right. Um, and so right. that, that was real. I love what you said. So thank you, Beth. Yeah. And I love that you use the word practice because it is just it, like any other spiritual practice. It does take practice, but yeah. uh, it's encouraging to do that. Brian, this has been so good just connecting with you and being encouraged uh, for us to have fun neighborhood parties. <laughs> um, I'd love to ask, is in any parting words of wisdom for our listeners, maybe someone who's thinking about, gosh, I'd love to share Jesus. I'm considering some of these ideas. I'm a little bit anxious about, you know, will I do it right? Anything you want to say to them? Well, yeah, I would really just, I want to say, th- I think I want to say three things. First thing is, um, I'm going to go back to that total quote, because I think it's super important. Show up, pay attention. God has way more invested in this than you do. And that's not to put pressure, that's to release the pressure. All we have to do is show up and be the person that God's created us to be, right? And, and that there's, um, you know, you, you're planting seeds. You don't, you're not the one that saves anybody. God saves people. So all you have to do is be a clue. You don't have to be the final answer because that's God, right? So just be a clue. So show up, pay attention. God's got way more invested in this than you do. And then I, I think, uh, I think that was two things right there. Then the other thing I was, I was just going to say is another way to take a lot of pressure off yourself and just, it's just to show up is just, you know, don't, a lot of times we have regrets. Oh, I wish I would have shared my faith when you just imagine when you find yourself in any place, God has guided you to these places. And I'm not saying that, you know, our lives are under control or that God, that we don't have some kind of ability to make choices. I'm not saying that at all, but whenever we find ourselves at any moment, like one of my things I'm, I started doing this year is I, every day I wake up, <clears throat> I'm 52. And so I'm like, okay, I'm not a baby anymore. So it's not like I'm starting today as a baby. I'm starting this as a 52-year-old man. And obviously I've made mistakes, but I've gained tremendous wisdom and lessons and I'm exactly here by God's grace. So the past is gone. And so every day I just think today is the first day of the rest of my life. I want to live wisely. I want to love generously and I'm going to walk the path that God puts in front of me and just keep it simple and uh, just keep it simple. Don't live in the future. Don't live in the past. Just allow yourself to show up and be God's person. And and, uh, I think that's the way to be astonishing in our world because there's so few people that actually live like that. Oh, that is so true and so good. And I think you really did a great job of taking off the pressure and just allowing us to just to love our neighbors uh, and and not overthink it. To just yeah. to, yeah, I love the holding space um, that God does have a lot more in it. So that that is that is comforting. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Um, it has just been a joy. I encourage you guys to um, to reach out to Brian if you can to listen to his podcast. Um, it is deep dive spirituality conversations. Um, also, uh, check out his book on Centering Prayer. Maybe Brian would come in and uh, down to Atlanta sometime and talk to us more about uh, that. We'd love to have him here. Well, thank you very much. I'd, obviously, I'd love to come. And uh, if I can be service to anybody, just, you know, it's pretty easy to find. Uh, you can just, uh, you can even just check out brianrussellphd.com. It's a new website. It's a good way to connect. I got all my social media and stuff all right there. And uh, yeah, if I can help anybody, uh, please reach out. Just want to live to uh, try to bless others. And God's done tremendous things in my life. And uh, yeah, just want to yeah, pass I that on to others. That. And what a blessing it is now that you're sharing that with us. Thank you, Brian. If this podcast today has blessed you in some way, or if you know a friend who is 
probably thinking about having some of those best neighborhood parties, please share this podcast with them um, and check out Brian's website. And uh, just remember that uh, you just where you are um, is where Jesus wants you to be today. And so be present to those that are around you like Brian encouraged us. Until next time, we'll see you then. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org.